<laughs> yeah, so I got this. Uh, so we re- we recording? Okay, cool. We're recording right now. Uh, but yeah, I got this uh, pumpkin cream cold brew. Uh, they <laughs> cold open. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't uh, put the straw lid on there unless you ask, and I always forget to ask, so I ask them to give me a straw because you know. I don't know. I feel bad, normally, but also like, come on, turtles. Like, you know. Does it normally not have a thing for a straw? Excuse me. No, on this one it's the little sippy cup version, and uh, I don't know. I guess I've grown so accustomed to drinking my cold brews with a straw that it's gonna take me some time to get used to drinking them like I would a hot coffee. Just uh, pretend you're like a little child with a sippy cup, and you just have to drink directly from the lid. I could, I could pretend to do that. Um, Sometimes I think I am still a child. Hey, uh, so here's what's going on with the basement. Remember that whole like studio 2.0 thing I was wanting to build? Yeah. Yeah, it's all gone to shit, man. Well, so one, mm-hmm. we have a great studio here, which is great. That's still an option. Two, um, let me just explain what's going on in the basement. Uh, it's constantly damp. Uh, and just like every time it rains, it's very moist down there. It smells very odd. Very much like rot and something you don't want a house to smell like after a good rain. Um, it smells like a log cabin in the 1700s might have after a heavy rain, a Ooh, seasonal shower. That'd be that perfect. Sound for, bad. Not too bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm game. You know, it. Oh no, no, it doesn't smell bad. It. I love the but, smell of old wood. But that's not a smell yeah. you should smell. It, it add a little bit of flavor to our podcast. Too. But, it's like, but that's not a smell you should smell in the 21st century. It probably smelled good to those log cabins too, and then every once in a while they'd have to replace the old logs because they got too moist. So there's that. <laughs> Two. You know. Uh, you know. Moist. You know. It solved the problem. <laughs> moist. We just. Light a romantic candle, mm-hmm. put it in the middle of the table, put it on the live stream too. You ever slept Ooh. in That's a cave? That's what we do anyways. Huh? What'd you say? Have you ever slept in a cave? No. It's, it's not nice. a bat. It's life changing. It's nice. <laughs> Nor am I a bear. I camped in a cave once. It was damp and smelled weird, but you wake up and you're fucking terrified so <laughs> that's how i feel like that's how i feel when i wake up in my own that's house and yeah that's me and every, I smell that's like, every that's i'm me terrified because it's pitch black and you know if you move the wrong way you're you're heading to concussion city also, <laughs> that's a city i never want to visit so, that's a city you don't you don't leave sometimes you don't even know you're there until after you're gone <laughs> you don't or until you're going on some sort of murderous rampage because of your cde um <laughs> what? okay uh anyways um yeah so there's that uh two the plumbing has backed up already once in the time we've been there the sump pump backed up and flooded the basement slightly shit less so do yeah. you max do you need some stool softener i do now um I just, uh, that's all I do. I uh, So some pump doesn't have to do with sewage. I don't know what it what it was, to be honest with you. All I know is that it was like the... <laughs> yeah. Some pump is for groundwater that gets above the That's the true. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It was... Some, it was uh, the shitter's outside. It was something else. It was something else in the laundry room, and it just pumped up with water, and, uh, and it just spilled into the carpet. So there was that. Uh, and number three, I keep finding a shit ton of bugs down there. Uh, they're little leapy crickets that look like spiders. I hate them, and oh, they're yeah. showing up everywhere in the damn basement. And I'm like, I am not, and I have a lot of shit down there. So my plan is uh, the original podcast table is now going to be used as a life raft for my stuff above the floor. I'm going to get all my shit 
put it on the table in boxes, and then I might, I'm not joking, wrap it in plastic wrap and just call it good on that stuff for another two years because I'm not going to see it. Um, so the basement's not going to work out. But, but. Lizards. Lizards. Get some lizards, put them in the basement. Mm-hmm. Bearded dragon. Problem you know solved. what someone said? A cat. They said they have a cat that eats all those things. They yeah, love yeah you them. seem like a cat guy. You know, I've actually been wanting to get a cat. I'm not going to lie. I've been wanting a little orange tabby cat. I, I, want, I want to meet him and Name have him be chill. Yeah. But I just don't want him to be an asshole. But, um, but we do have one other room, and it's my office space. Uh, it has a lot of pop culture stuff, and it could be a fun little library-looking setting for a live stream uh, studio 2.0. Now, we could do, like I was thinking, is this something we could talk about more? We could do the live stream episodes there if we want to have like a live stream studio, and we could do our podcasts that are mostly audio here. So like I don't know how many live streams we'll do, but the ones we do are there. The ones we do are here. We've got a live here. stream in the next common room. We do. We got to We do. Our our third ever 2021 baby. We got to do it. We're on a roll now. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I I you know what I missed out on? I should have done what Jablinski Games does like, "Hey guys, sorry, no gaming videos this week." Every single time I end every the podcast, episode. every podcast in it, "Yeah, we got a new uh common room coming soon." Just end it every single podcast of that we've ever done and just keep saying it until we finally have one. Isn't but, that yeah. what we did with Christopher Nolan podcast? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, <laughs> but but we we're, we're we're working on this. Yeah, we okay, got the Christopher Nolan podcast coming up. We're coming up to oh, oh, man. top movies. <laughs> as soon yeah, as we, we fucking feel like we it, talk about the, we'll do it. Uh, he's relevant. Yeah, right no, now. We, we have some cool stuff coming with Cinemastic 2.0. Some really cool stuff that I'm excited to announce after we plan. Why it. are we're we gonna have an 2.0? Why can't it just be Cinemastic? You know, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of making it it's like, hey, it's our one-year anniversary. Let's make it an event. I feel like throwing a 2.0 on there makes it sound like, ah, this is the new and improved, even though it's going to sound literally the same. The same. We just <laughs> new other things, I guess. I don't know. But uh, it feels more like a 1.05 It's like patch, 1, 1.05 patch. It's like yeah. Lion King There's one a and a half. There's few bugs that were fixed. Yeah. You know, Lion King one, and, the ha- one yeah. and a half. It really has nothing to do with the story, just Timon and Pumbaa buying the scenes. That's yeah. what I feel like this is. This is the Lion King one and a half of updates. Like, we've maybe moved from okay. closed alpha to, like, friends and family beta. Mm-hmm. 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 You know? I like that. That's a good gaming reference for all of our gaming bros out there. That's nice. Boycott uh, Blizzard hashtag. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into this episode then. On today's episode of Cinemax Dick, we're going to discuss, as always, what did we watch this past week? Also, Sony looking to develop a Masters of the Universe movie. We knew this, but now they're planning to sell it to Netflix. Also, The Matrix cast Black Manta as a lead role in its new movie. And, of course, we couldn't do this week's podcast without a thorough review of the Todd Phillips hit, Joker. It's all happening right here, right now. It's time to dive in. This is Cinemax Day. Wait, can I say something real quick? About do you not do you not know the actor's name? Do you just call him Black Manta? It's, it's, it's a really young, hard name. It's like young something the it's third. Like Mushaf is. I looked it up prior to this. He will he will forever he will forever He's be black. known as Black Manta. Yeah. Oh, here's a fun fact. I told you guys to watch those, that trailer. Did you watch yeah, it? Yeah. Which one? See, I was yeah, close. Yeah, Abdul the Richard, Mateen the second. The second. Richard yeah. Jewell? Is that that British guy? 
No. No, he's American. It's, it's a, Richard Jewell is about the American. Did you not watch it? Because I didn't either. Uh, it's, and, <laughs> I watched Richard it. Jewell, I watched it. I watched, I watched, I watched it. it too. <laughs> days ago. But this I didn't watch it days ago. Big. I watched it literally but, by the way, 10, 15 this, minutes That's ago. what I did. This I was sitting big, in my car. I was like, well, but this is a big deal, it. guys, because this is the celebrity. We might have a chance of getting on this podcast. He's the one I sent a message to. I said, hey. Beans? No. No, not Stephen Anthony Lawrence. Uh, what's his face? Who's in you, Richard? You don't even know his name. No. Now oh, the guy never from my Tanya. Well, are we going to air this? Are you talking about the guy from my Tanya? <laughs> yes. You're just giving Jordan more work to do. I know. I'm really, I'm really sorry. I'm really, but you know, okay. After. That's why live stream is going to be a problem. <laughs> here's it. Here's it. Yeah. After. All this will be live. After. <laughs> our Jordan, I know we're live streaming, but go ahead and edit this part at the Can end. Just go ahead and get rid of this back. part, please. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. it's Paul. It's Paul Hauser. But uh, I sent him a message originally saying, hey, Paul, my name is Max, and I have this small and insignificant podcast called Cinemaxic. We love your work over at the podcast. We especially loved you and I, Tanya. We were super intrigued by you being the Penguin, and we're curious if you'd be open to calling in for a short interview with us. We'd be honored to have you on. He replied, Penguin thing is all up in the air and undetermined, so I wouldn't be much of a scoop. But he does acknowledge he is he is in Dogs of the Penguin. That's some scoop right there from the Cinemaxic podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can do your podcast in 2020 once I wrap my next few projects. And I said, I was like, that would be awesome. And then the other, or later the other day, I said, hey, Paul, Richard Jewell. This is a fucking lie because I didn't you see didn't the trailer. You didn't watch it. I said, He's going to hear Richard, all of this. Richard Jewell looks amazing. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. He liked that comment on my in the message. We have a chance to get Paul Hauser on this podcast. That would be fucking awesome. What we need to do is so get him on get... the podcast and then not see the movie when he comes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, we just want to know if you're going to play Penguin or not. Can like, we confirm that shit like, or something? We really don't want to talk about Richard Jewell at all. Are you really going to let Jonah Hill do this? All right. Uh, okay. Sorry, Jordan. Three, two, one. So let's kick this podcast off with an introduction. I am your host, Max Lita, Matt Max Fozzie, as always, with my two friends and my other friend, my three friends, Tim Reichmuth. The three Tim best Chris. friends. There he is. That and anyone could have. Danger Rush, Tanner Rush here as well. And of course, Hello. the producer... Producer himself, which by the way, you know what I got? You know what I learned? They call they call Nick Scarpino the producer slash seducer on kind of funny games, and that's where I guess I subconsciously mm, remember. That's that. why you got it. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep calling you it anyways. The producer slash seducer himself, Jordan Katzer, on the ones and twos. How you doing today, guys? Good. Good. I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. That's why I got this coffee. But we're over the hump. <laughs> hump day, am I right, boys? <laughs> You've seen that Geico commercial. Anyways. Um, I have. You're right. <laughs> What's Geico? So. Um, it's a gecko, dude. Guys. Do you know what his name is? Gecko. Geico. Gecko the Geico. I don't know. Gecko the Geico. Oh, wait a minute. The Geico. Damn it. I'm, I've got my own rules. We. I didn't need to do. There's the rules. I didn't need to do the introduction at all right now because that's going to happen later in the podcast. We're just. This is going to be a bit. I thought that's why you paused. You gave me this weird what? look. You're like, I'm time sorry. for the let's introduction. Just, let's just start over and just go regular. Let's just, yeah, let's cut. <laughs> let's just but everything keep, up keep until the gecko now gecko in the everything. trash. Okay, you, 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 keep, you keep the cold open. But you cut that one bit about China. No, 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 no. no, no. no cut everything up until the what I'm about to say right here. I've only just recently been getting into the Starbucks game. Because my girlfriend likes to drink coffee a lot, and I've never been a coffee drinker in the past. Really? You look like, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, you literally look like someone 
who would know everything about coffee. No, I know shit about coffee. <laughs> like I can, I order the same thing from Starbucks every single time, but I never remember what it's called. And I like have to ask her like what it was <laughs> that I got. What is it? It's like the salted caramel mocha. Oh yeah. Frappa chappa. Frappa chappa. Scooperino. Chappy cheeks. Um, here's the thing. That shit costs as much as a meal. Yeah, I know. It's expensive. Oh yeah. This right here is four ninety nine. That's whack. I've had to move to just straight Americano because it's only like $3. All it is is espresso and water. I only get this when I'm treating mm. myself because this shit is very bad. And I was just kind of rewarding myself. Gone to the gym every morning for the past two weeks. And I was like, all right, you can let yourself have a little bit of nice little sweet coffee because this shit is not good for you. It's I can like imagine. A lot of calories, a lot of sugar. How many? And it tastes like a goddamn pumpkin pie. <laughs> I love it. How much caffeine is in it? It's probably just It's three shots of espresso. Holy shit. Are you not playing on sleeping tonight? You don't, dude, you're talking I, to the guy that drank a full bang last yeah, week. And I went to bed and, <laughs> I, really slept, and I slept like a baby. <laughs> that's true. God, dude, that's I just, caffeine just doesn't have that much of an effect on me. I guess uh, I'm like, I've kind of like, uh, I, I've reduced its impact because I drink coffee so much, I guess. Because like, I can have one of these and be tired by 1030 easy. So I would have to have, like, if I had one of these at 10, then yeah, I wouldn't be able to get to sleep very easily, but. Like right now, sleep like a baby. All right, I'm sorry. We can okay. cut all this up until the intro. Here it is. I thought no. We just back. gave yeah, you a cold open. Fine. We're talking about. Oh, this. that's the cold. God open? damn it, no, Max! We did the cold open first. We no. talked about the coffee first. We talked God about the coffee in the studio as our no, cold open. We are leaving that. This all that's stands. Final. Never Let's just get it. <laughs> I am. I am. You're so never sorry. doing this bass awkward <laughs> freaking thing again. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay, so in the news this week, um, we're gonna kind of fly through this because we have a Joker review at the end of this at the end of this podcast. It's gonna be rather lengthy, lengthy. So we're gonna fly through this in the news segment a little quick for you guys. So hope that doesn't hurt your feelings. But just some top news stories here. Uh, Masters of the Universe is a Sony owned project. It is obviously that's He Man, and uh, they've been developing a live action movie for a very long time. Uh, they actually started casting people last year, and uh, it's seemingly in development. However. The rumor is Sony is a little nervous about how this movie's coming out, and they're thinking they're going to finish the movie and then sell it to Netflix. Now, Netflix has an anime series coming from Kevin Smith, uh, He-Man Master of the Universe, and I'm very excited for. So I think Sony's play is, hey, how about you get a live-action movie going to kind of like build up excitement for that anime series or vice versa? And uh, so they might be looking to sell to a streaming service. What do you guys think of a Masters of the Universe movie? <sighs> Go for it. I would love it, man. Honestly, I, you know, you know what's funny? Like, I didn't, I loved the He Man cartoon from like early 2000s that was on Toonami. I loved it. Uh, I didn't ever have any He Man toys though, but I did love that show. I had the Skeletor from that series. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the original run was definitely way before my time. Yeah. Um, I remember my older sisters watching the live action. It was Dolph, Dolph Lundgren? Dolph yep. Lundgren. I remember them watching that once. I didn't watch it with them because it looked weird. Yeah. Um. So I have no real connection with He Man, but I mean, it's definitely been you know, eighties is a gold mine right now. Yeah. It was only a matter of time before it got dragged yeah. out. And dude, I you know I've watched this so. I wasn't that big into He-Man, like, this idea until I watched the Toys That Made Us episode on the He-Man. Yeah. Dude, I, like, I'm, like, all for it. I want to see some campy goodness He-Man 
you know, Skeletor. Uh, what's the the castle that he has that there? Gray School. Gray Castle. Gray School. I, I want to see all of that and and this big open epic world. I feel like the animation style is going to be like close to probably like World of Warcraft was with or Warcraft movie was with like the the you know mm. the beast like characters. But I want to I want to I think this is a world you can get immersed in, and I would love to I, if they bring on like the original toy team to help be like the creative directors of it. I think it could be something that's really special. They probably won't, but uh, you know, Masters of the Universe, He Man. I would love to see it on Netflix. Why not? If it's a Netflix watch, sure, throw it on there. Hopefully, it's good. You know. Moving on, uh, Matrix casts um, Black Manta. Black Manta. I'm sorry. What's his name? <laughs> Yu Yang something. The second. Hold Black on, I got it. <laughs> Actor oh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the second. Yeah. Yahya Abdul Mateen the second, who played Black Manta in Aquaman, um, who played uh, who else did he play? He played in something else. He was in. He was in. He's gonna was, be in uh, Candy the Man. Greatest Showman. He was in the Greatest Showman, and he was the, in something else. Gonna so. be in the Candyman reboot. He's gonna be in the Candyman reboot. He was in Us. He, he was in Us. Well, he was in something else though. There was like another movie before. He was in Us. Me. Baywatch. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He was in Baywatch. Was he in Baywatch. There was something else that he was in. Who was he in? Us. He, like Watchmen. He's, oh, he's in the new Watchmen. Oh, the HBO series. Yeah. 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 Boundaries. I, I gotta find out. This is driving me insane. First match. Us, Aquaman, the Sweetness in the belly. Hey, show me Baywatch. The get down. Oh, I guess maybe I maybe it was Baywatch. It was Baywatch. Okay, it was Baywatch. <laughs> the one he was in. Anyways, he got cast as a lead role in the Matrix movie. Now, some people think this is lines being crossed. Uh, he was the cop. Yes, in okay. Baywatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I and liked that, him. T- a terrible movie. I liked though. him. And, yeah, that movie was so so bad. Fucking weird. So bad, but uh, awful. And The Rock even just openly admits it was terrible, which is kind horrible. of horrible. It was awful movie. There's a part. Never mind. Okay, it's <laughs> but uh, a guy gets a boner and then dives onto like a table or like a yeah, beach chair yeah, and gets and stuck, stuck in it. Yeah. So excuse me, stupid. It's, like it's something like you would see like and it wasn't in f- early two thousands. Like and it wasn't funny American, at all. American Pie yeah. kind of yeah. comedy, and it yeah. wasn't funny. Like I was just like, this isn't funny like at all. It was it was terrible. But he got cast as lead role in the Matrix. People were actually thinking this is getting lines crossed. This isn't Matrix Four, but this is going to be the prequel Matrix, and he's going to be playing a young Morpheus and a prequel. I don't know. I don't know. But it is from the Wazowskis. 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 Mike Mike Wazowski. It's from the Wazowskis. um, The prequel. I think only one of them's involved. Really? Yeah. At least if one's involved, you know it's going to have somewhat of the original like vibe to it. But yeah, I, we don't know what this is going to be, but the rumor is it's a young Morpheus. And so like it would make more sense for that to be prequel than have like a young Morpheus in Matrix 4, I feel like. so. Maybe they take uh, the Infinity Stones and go back in time and get mm-hmm. a younger Morpheus. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> finally, uh, the Richard Jewell trailer, our uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Paul uh, <laughs> Debbie Hauser. I'm yeah, not sure about that. <laughs> He's a friend, man. He replied to me on Instagram. Yeah, not- it was cool, all right? It was cool. Uh, had put out a new trailer for his movie, um, and uh, you know it. It looks like he, you know, he could be getting some award buzz for this. Uh, it, it's a, it's, it's directed by Clint Eastwood. He loves his, uh, you know, uh, American um, historical tales, propaganda. Yeah, it, you know, he's not going to come on the podcast if you say stuff about that about his director, Clint Eastwood. Or, oh, okay. 
he's probably good friends. I say Clint Eastman probably doesn't even know what podcasts are. He probably doesn't know, but <laughs> Paul, Paul probably, Paul, Paul, you know, we're not going to give this bit to What's Paul. What's a podcast? Uh, are there liberals you know, on I, it? God, you are ruining every chance we have. <laughs> he might really like. It. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, Paul is uh, uh, looks really great in this. Looks like it's just like a really sad movie, man. To, like about a guy getting falsely accused of the of the the Olympic bombings. That's just like. It's it just it looks like a very very sad movie, but Paul looks like he's gonna give an excellent performance, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for he it. He did a really good job in Itania. I don't know if I brought this up in a previous he was podcast, great in but Itania. I finally got around to watching Itania. So good, fantastic movie. I but yeah, he movie. was he was he he did a really good job. Yeah. Him and Sebastian Stan's character, just their back and forth. It was just it was so much fun to watch, and um, he just seems to have just a natural chemistry with it that he that that just carries with other actors in the movie and i don't know it's just uh it, it's it looks like it's gonna be really good so i'm excited for this it's uh, gonna be you know a, a, a historical piece and mm-hmm. uh yeah good for paul looks like it's gonna be a, a good good breakout role for him maybe uh as, as richard jewel um okay all right uh well let's uh let's we we cover the news so let's go ahead and uh, do our uh, joker review okay so a big movie hit this week. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I was trying, were you starting with your, your wacky like, Max here? With <laughs> let's dive in. I was, let's dive in. I was trying to be definitive, and I'm sorry. Definitive. I was like, it's like trying to like, all right, this oh. is the part where this is gonna be. Anyways, a big movie came out this past weekend. Hey, what was it? Uh, I believe it was a movie called The Happy Clown. And it was. You mean um, Bobo the Clown? Yes. Uh, the Joker. Uh, Joker, rather. Todd oh. Phillips' film from Hangover fame, and uh, of course from his massive hit Due Date. Um, and the <laughs> Jordan's like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got it. Yeah, and wasn't that big? Zach, uh, Zach Alvin, yeah, yes. thank you. And um, and of course, the incomparable Joaquin Phoenix as the lead role as Arthur Fleck, aka Joker. Um, now, boys, going into this thing, uh, I was excited for it because you know I'm a big DC fan. And Are you really? I am, as you know. I Since when? I, I thought you've been Marvel the entire time. I try time. and work elements in every single podcast if I can about DC news. I saw it. But, I never realized that. But still, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this movie without it having like an overall connection to Batman or uh, really just that. Like that's all I was. Really, it's not going to be connected to Batman. Am I going to be able to get through this movie fully zoned in and interested? I will say if there's one villain, and I mean one villain, that I would be locked in for an entire movie very excited about, it would have to be Joker. So I left this thing absolutely 100% blown away. I absolutely loved this movie. Like It was one of those movies you leave. It reminds me of the feeling I left when I left The Dark Knight. I just like, just knowing, I was like, yeah, that's a movie I want to rewatch. That I love that. It was just like that wholesome feeling. Like, I can't believe we just got to see something that was like that hit home for me. So, well, it didn't happen for everyone, but for me, I loved it. I don't think I would describe Joker as wholesome. It's a wholesome it's, no, family no, 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 movie. No. It's a wholesome Bring your fi- kids. It was no no no. This a detached feeling from the movie. Just a wholesome feeling in your chest. Like, man, I just watched a really good movie. Okay. The the feeling that I got was I was like, I have gone to many movies this year. After every movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah it was good. But 
that movie I had a feeling where I was like, that is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I just absolutely loved it. Tanner, what'd you think? Uh, definitely uh, my favorite movie of the year so far. I mean, you replied thought in, it was all, great. in all caps, holy fuck, Joker. And yeah. then you proceeded to not not let us know what that meant. <laughs> Tanner was being a joker himself. Though. He literally tweeted, posted that in our group chat. And I was like, all right, what'd you think? And now this is the first time I'm hearing what he was he thought. saving himself, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I've, you know, if a movie gets my heart beating mm-hmm. in the seat, then it's Ooh. a good movie. It's an intense one. I haven't had that in a good, at all this year, really. I I don't think I've had a visceral reaction to any other 2019 movie so far. Yeah. There are like four scenes where I'm just sitting there for 30 seconds or longer with my mouth just open because I was so just surprised with what I was actually seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at first, like... I was watching, you know, when I was watching this, I was like, all right, how is this going to turn in? Am I going to, my main concern going into this was, am I going to leave feeling like this guy is absolutely the Joker? Or am I going to leave thinking like this is just really a character study and it just, you know, I don't know. They said it in Gotham City and like, I was concerned that it was almost like this was an original script and they just kind of bent it to make it work as a Joker, Batman type of movie. And uh, uh, I thought... I, I mean, I left thinking, yeah, that t- he reminds me of the Joker. I like, I love this origin. I can see how he would become the Joker, like the Joker after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. And oh my gosh, guys, there was just, I, I feel like everything about this movie hit. Joaquin's performance, masterful. He needs the Oscar he, for that. He he's, should win Best Actor. You know, unless something comes out that just is absolutely incredible there's no way Joaquin doesn't win the Oscar for that which also guys how crazy is that I wouldn't put money on it really Joaquin's been openly openly critical of the Academy in the past I I don't see him getting more than a nomination I think he deserves it but I don't think he will with everything behind the movie the criticism yeah well that was what I was gonna say though it would be crazy if he wins it because the Joker will be like the only comic book character the only character in, like, I believe, uh, uh, you know, pop culture like this mm-hmm. uh, that will have won multiple Oscars. Heath Ledger with the supporting actor, and which I think under the new rules, I feel like he would have been, uh, like, a lead actor nomination alongside. Like, he could have been qualified for a lead act- actor nomination in, in, like, today's time. But, uh, and then Joaquin now as a Joker. And the, it's just an incredible performance. So Joaquin, the acting was incredible. Uh, for the whole cast. Um, the score was incredible. Oh, yeah. That was like, it, it. the score set the tone for every very single scene. Very creepy. It yes. was. It, it kind of reminded me of like an, yeah, I was going to say eerie, like an eerie Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the mm. yeah, and like the, just like the, just right from the beginning when he gets his ass kicked by those kids and he's lying on the ground and the sign's broken up around him and that just like, long like drawn out note and just like this sad like depressing music but it just like i don't know there was just it it was just freaking amazing the score it was it it was like telling the story for like with no words and it it, that's like that's when you know you have a really good score when it's Mm -hmm. like really leading you along and in the story like that and i thought that was excellent i thought the 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 writing was great i didn't think there was any 
I mean, I, from what I remember, I don't remember any parts where I was like, ah, that's not the best writing. And there was like, oh, that's a cheesy line or anything like that. Um, and then I think uh, the, uh, the cinematography was what, dude, there were so many iconic shots in this movie. A lot of beautiful shots. Mm -hmm. Absolutely iconic. Like the last, like the last scene comes to mind, it's burnt in my head, him literally taking his fingers in the mouth and making his, his smile with his blood as people are like cheering and like roaring. I'm like, yeah, dude. Oh, is this not a spoiler free (laughs) podcast? Is it? Is it? Jordan was going to, he was going to dip out. Oh no, I'm good. Oh shit. You haven't seen it? No. No. I'm good. Well, that's all you know. No, you guys just continue to talk. I don't care. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm going to see it. I feel really bad Bruce now. Bruce Wayne's Batman. What? His parents die. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> I know. Did you guys, now that you're talking about this, and you kind of talked about the opening scene where he's getting his ass kicked, did you go back and watch the director's, like, Mm-hmm. Overview of it, the vanity. Oh, I think no. it was Vanity Fair mm-hmm. or someone. Yeah. yeah, someone sat down with him and he kind of talked about some of the yeah. shots. It's a really great video. Uh, it was actually it's it, it pointed out something I missed after he got his the ass flower. kicked. The, the flower, f- yeah, the flower. Was... I thought that was just like a thing that happened, uh, but if you like, Todd Phillips points it out. Arthur himself reaches in his jacket and presses to make the flower water go out. Yeah. Because he's like, what he, what Todd wanted to display is like, that he can still he's find still the Joker. And... He's still seeing the, the funny side yeah. of absolute like darkness. And because that's just what the Joker does and chaos. Mm-hmm. And he finds us the funny side and things. I didn't realize that was like, I thought he was grabbing his ribs. Like he just got kicked in the ribs. But no, it's actually him reaching in there to turn, uh, to squirt the flower water out. And I, like that, I love. Like, I mean, that is, that is like Joker right there, you know, just a, a, a small step in the, the journey for him to become there. That is like a thing the Joker would do is just see something funny out of an absolutely horrible situation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I thought the, like the very, very opening scene where it's just a close up of him putting the makeup on. Yeah. I thought that was extremely well acted and well done because it starts with him smile, like forcing himself to smile. And while he's doing that, you just see yeah. a tear come down. I love how throughout it, yeah, he'll always have the tear will run the makeup down his cheek. You know what else yeah. is crazy? It was cool. Todd Phillips said that that was like they got the take like out of one shot. They go in and in that shot – Joaquin is able to produce a single tear that ruins his makeup down like that. And he's like, that's, we did it. We got Money. it. And he, and he, and Todd made a really interesting point. He said that they wanted this to show like how secluded Arthur was from the rest of society right off the front scene. And it was really cool for me to say that. Cause right off the bat, I was like, man, this is, <laughs> this first shot is just really sad. And I can't understand. I, I can't fully tell why right off the bat. I think it's really sad. Um, but he like laid the groundwork for why, and it was you know there was people playing cards at the table, there was people having a conversation, music's going on, but Arthur is like secluded by himself in front of this mirror, not interacting with anyone, just by himself with his own thoughts in front of a mirror, trying to make himself smile, and it, it um, yeah, it really really set the tone, just like how this movie's gonna go, and it just slowly slowly ramped up i loved how like the just the secondary story of gotham being like the sec like one of the supporting characters in this uh like 
you know, it's crazy out there. You can hear on the newscast, like, there's a garbage strike, and, and people are, like, laying in the streets, and it's just getting worse. And, it and like, if you listen, slowly and slowly and slowly, those news stories get more intense and more intense, and, and then until, like, it's just, you know, erupts at the very end in, in what we see. Um, so I love that, too, because Gotham is the only comic book city that's an actual character in itself. It, it really... it it is a character and the way it's told and the way it's used in this. And it's, it's really interesting to hear what Todd Phillips says on that too. I don't want to keep just quoting this video, but I couldn't help it. So much interesting things. He fills in a lot of the blank spaces in the background for shots he had in post, then fill it in with more city, like in different aisle, like in different alleyway shots. He didn't like seeing the sky like behind it. He like put in more buildings cause he wanted it to seem like the city was kind of just, lurking over Arthur and and how he was feeling. I feel like that's the way we all felt. They definitely... There was some shot where, like... Fuck, I think it was this movie. I don't know if I'm blending things in my brain right now, but when he's walking home from work and it's just the shots of him walking home, you can see it's like a line of buildings and then there's, like, another row further back a little higher, another row further back a little higher. I just... That stood out to me. I was like, man, I cannot, like, peg where they might have filmed this movie. Like, yeah. this looks like a wholly unique kind of cityscape yeah. here. So they, they filmed it in New Jersey, in Hoboken, New Jersey, and they, uh, they they yeah, in post, filled it in, like, just filled in the skyline. I mean, and maybe city. that's a real yeah. view, but it... It's, it's not. So they, they talked that they did practical up until a certain point. Yeah. So, like, yeah. all the signage, like, where he was walking was practical in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I think it was maybe... He kind of drew it out on this video with, you said Vanity or something like that. Vanity Fair. Where they filled in the background and put in those buildings. So it's not an actual location. Cool. Yeah. So that was was a cool little bit. And that's what I liked. Like with the Nolan films, like Batman Begins, Gotham looked like, oh, this is fucking Gotham. Even though like that's primarily like in the Narrows or Mm -hmm. whatever. But then like... The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises was just like, okay, this is just Chicago or like yeah. New York. No, I, it, I this Gotham lost its character. Yeah, I, I I do agree on that. They're they're Batman begins, yeah, like even though it was in the narrows, it definitely felt grimy and grimy. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like if that was like a purposeful thing, like, hey, Batman's been at work and Harvey Dent's been at work putting people away. Maybe Gotham's looking a little more cleaner nowadays. I don't no. know if that was a creative choice. Or not, but I do agree. But yeah, that's that's what the that's what Joker did great is this grimy, gross city that just comes down on people, and you just can't escape it. Um, I thought a great, you know, just metaphor for what Arthur is going through every day. He has to go home. He has to climb those like nineteen flights of stairs to get up to where he needs to go. And I just thought that was yep. great, Im- great imagery on just kind of Arthur's story in general. It's a great um, bit there that. You, we come back to those stairs. So yeah. the beginning of the movie, he's all beat up and he walks up the stairs. But then later when you see them again, he's full Joker form and he's dancing his way down yeah. one step at a time yeah. um, on his way to, you know, I guess his full descent. Yeah. But he's happily going into it. Yeah. Um, cool moment. Song choice was weird. It was what weird. song was it again? It it was rock like and roll, roll part, part two. two by Gary Glitter, yeah. who is a convicted <laughs> pedophile. So I yeah. saw that he was going to make bank uh, off a royalty check. Yeah, on that that's thing. that's a bummer. I I mean I'm gonna I, I'm 
I had no. I'm going to just be. I had no idea who the fuck Gary Glitter was. I knew the song is the Chiefs song, and I'm assuming that. Well, like, that was just like '90s sports song, yeah, is yeah. what it was. And you know, I, I don't think I, I. You know, you have to wonder how much research that they can do on these things. Like, oh, you know that song goes bum bum bum. Oh, they know. They but, know. They knew. Yeah. You think so? No, oh yeah. yeah. Oh Did, yeah. They yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. If they didn't know, no. then they're. Like I had no idea. I had no idea who Gary Glitter was. You know, I just knew I've that it's a Chiefs song. Yeah. I could almost think maybe, and I think the song came out in the late '80s. I think. Yeah. So I'm not sure when this movie's supposed to take place. If it's the late '80s. Um, I want to say when was Charlie Chaplin a thing? Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Like in the twenties. Yeah. Because I think he was. Weren't they advertising him at that yeah, little I, event? I think they were just kind of watching an old showing of something i don't think yeah I it, think was it was set i think it was set time. in the 80s yeah like late 70s or early oh yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. joker but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's set in the I 80s mean, i believe yeah maybe the idea was that that's a song that's coming out at that time it, but it'd be fitting for the joker because he's just that out of touch with reality he thinks oh this is just the hype song like so this is what i have in my I, head I, regardless of the connection but i don't yeah. think people knew about gary glitter yeah they wouldn't have at known. that time right. so maybe i don't think that argument really holds it was just sort of a i mean here's what i think honestly. i don't know if todd phillips was trying to provoke people by using that song or just didn't even think about it but i mean I, i'm gonna be honest guys like and i understand like your viewpoint like you think they should they would definitely know i i'm honestly I would be shocked if they. If I they, had no idea if they knew. Like oh, I would they be, had they, to. They, they, someone. I think the level of detail. Someone had to have. Known. The level of detail they put into movies nowadays. Yeah, they have to no know idea. every aspect. Sure. And especially if they have to give them a royalty. Of course. Yeah, and also I think like you know, of course, Gary Glitter is like a obviously a, an asshole and a terrible person. You that also could have be to, why maybe they want to pair that image with yeah. the Joker. You also like I don't know. There's also that argument where you just like you try and separate the. But also at the same time you're getting this guy paid, so I understand. Like I understand. Like maybe you're like okay, let's just separate the art from this artist and just like let's just. But, I but almost also, wonder if when the movie gets home video release, if they will change it, change the song. I hope they don't. Which I man. hope they don't, just because I, I fucking hate censorship. Yeah. Buy physical media, boys. Yeah. Do not do all digital. Yeah. But anyways, Dude. they that won't stop them from selling it with and, a different song. And you know, I'm not and I'm not saying like maybe we shouldn't do this. Like maybe we should. Like I mean, maybe we should do something like this. But also at the same time, like you look back at like almost like ninety percent. It seems like a ton of musicians. They just did a Reddit thread on this. It's like there's a ton of musicians out there that did some really really messed up stuff. Like oh, Steven Tyler. Oh, everyone lead in singer of Aerosmith. Seventies and eighties. Steve yeah. Tyler, lead, lead singer of Aerosmith. Got a fourteen-year-old girl's legal legal guardian uh, parent to assign him as a legal guardian so he could take her on tour and just have sex with her, something like that. It's it's like terrible. Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. Jesus. So Christ. it's like it's like Aerosmith has a ton of songs and a ton of movies. So it's like, you know, it's it's. I, I, anyways, we're getting way off topic, but I don't want to go into that much. But I understand what you're well, saying. Well, we went to a dark place. There. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, that was a very. And I want to come back to that. Because to be honest with you, I loved that music choice and I loved that part. <laughs> I thought that was so great. I was, I thought that was awesome. All, I mean, in hindsight, knowing who the guy is, I'm like, ugh. But also, that's still so good. Um, <laughs> um, but let's talk about let's talk about some of the some of the characters that the Joker interacts with. So the Joker has a, a, a kind of decrepit mom that he takes care of Penny. in the apartment. Penny. 
Um, and, you know, he takes really... That's something that I love is that the Joker clearly has a... Uh, Arthur has a clearly loving relationship with his mom. From our point of view, he takes care of her. He feeds her. He watches her shows with her. I mean, he, he tries to be as good as he can to her and take care of her. And I thought that was a really great, like, character trait. It to, gave me... Maybe it's just because it was Joaquin Phoenix, but... The scenes with his mom to me remind me a lot of "You Were Never Really Here." Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, similar yeah. kind yeah. of situation. Sure, similar. Yeah, sure. taking care of his mom. Yeah, she's too old. Doesn't yeah. really know what's going on. Yeah, very much. Um, um, yeah. So there, there was that, and uh, you know, we come to learn a lot about Penny as the the movie goes on. But I did think that was an interesting character choice. That like, even though you know, Joker turns out to be who he's going to be, he still has like at least something in his heart that. I'm using a visual metaphor pointing to my heart uh, that, that you were looking uh, that uh, that Tim that I'm sorry that Arthur <laughs> Tim are you, are you getting me that Arthur has Arthur? That's... yeah um, uh oh now there's also Zazie Beetz character I can't remember her name Sophie I believe yeah it's Sophie, Sophie. I don't know if they say it out loud in the movie. I don't think so I yeah. just know because one of the songs from the score and she's a girl who lives in the same apartment building on the same floor just down the hall with her daughter and uh, Arthur develops a, a relationship with her at least what we thought a strong loving but, relationship but we see a lot of with how Arthur reacts to these people and how the reactions come to go like Arthur has a good positive relationship uh, or not a good positive reaction maybe with Zazie Beetz character and then the next day he stalks her of course Zazie Beetz comes to his door and, and says hey are you following me and Arthur is like yeah that was me and then she's like I don't know it very strangely into it and it literally that, that threw me off big time like I was like why is she into him stalking her like this is incredibly bizarre um so I don't know that just it it, it sold me though like I it, I wasn't I thought it was weird but I thought it was serious though were, were you sold by Zazie Beats like love interest in Arthur like when that happened yeah I was mm. It felt a little like this is happening just because the writers are wanting it to happen. Yeah. But it wasn't like so ridiculous that like yeah. I just checked out, but I kind of I just went with that yeah. bit. Oh, you know, and and yeah, and and then he like invites her to a stand-up show and then she shows up to the stand-up show and it just kind of kind of blows me away. But I was like, what is going on with this just doesn't seem right. This seems weird, but I was so, totally sold. Like, I guess this is something the writers are having that, that he has a love interest and maybe something terrible is going to happen to her that helps him become Joker. Um, something else that I really, really loved with the decision of this movie is the laugh. Tim, uh, what'd you think of like the laugh and how they explain, I mean, how basically his laugh comes to be. I thought they did a really good job explaining it. I mean, just kind of letting it out of the bag, right? Right at the get go. Um, the laugh was very chilling. Like yeah. it was, it was kind of creepy and how he could just laugh and then turn it off immediately. And that was incredible. Like the, the scene where he's going to talk to his boss and he's just laughing and then immediately just straight face. You know, that's a great, it's an interesting point though. Some people have brought up that like the laughs that he thought, like he tried to laugh like at things that he thought he should be laughing at. And when he did that, his laugh was like super chilling and very, like very forced. And then he can cut it off. But his laughs that he couldn't, that were actually his medical condition that he had, like were very pained and very like painful. So it's like he already has this detached sense of humanity where he's like trying to, he's like, I should laugh at this. This is something people should, that 
I should be laughing at. This is something to be that's funny. And even mm-hmm. though maybe other people aren't like laughing along, like you see that in the comedy club when he's taking notes, people laugh at jokes, and then after the joke is over, he would like look around and start laughing. Yeah. At, at like points where other people weren't laughing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was interesting, but it was also terribly sad. Like yes. his, his his like his you know, his card he brought with him and like just trying to tell people that, uh, you know, this is, this, this is, is just me. This is just me. <clears throat> yeah. Having a, a disease that he just can't control when he laughs. And like the, the subway scene where, you know, he's just laughing and you felt bad for him because mm-hmm. he couldn't say anything and he's yeah. trying to say something, but he just kept laughing and laughing yeah. and those guys took advantage of him. Yeah. And that's it. And that's another thing too. You know, this the movie's controversy was coming from like, are we gonna like root for this guy? Are we gonna are we gonna like yeah. are, are we going to cheer on this this anarchist type of thing? And there was certain part like the movie definitely challenges you there. Like Yeah, uh, I mean at the beginning it does. And that train, I was like, Hell yeah, kill those guys. <laughs> they're being assholes to you. They're beating you <clears> up and, and they were throwing fries at that woman and they're probably gonna kick your ass and try and kill you here on this train. So like like in any movie when when this guy is like not trying to get picked on, is getting picked on, you want him to, you know, retaliate. So he did. And like I wasn't feeling bad about the guys he killed. I was like, those guys deserved probably well, deserved it. <clears throat> I think it was so my favorite part about, or my my favorite thing about the movie is how you start out with that feeling and it just kind of spirals out of control and it starts to get greater and greater. But like with the, the train scene where he kills those two guys, but then he chases down that other guy. Yeah. Instead of yeah walking away, that he was, decides to pursue it. Yeah. And that's a little glimpse of evil. And then you start yeah, to see it a little yeah. bit larger next yeah. time and then the next time. I yeah. would say... Um, you do start out feeling sad for the Joker mm-hmm. or Arthur Fleck. It's just out of, you know, that he's a tormented person and basic humanity. You feel bad for him, but uh, definitely never root for him, I don't think, um, because he never does anything like heroic or like anti-heroic. Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't intervene to help that woman. Mm-hmm. He only attacks when they start attacking him. Anyone he he retaliates against are people that have like personally wronged him. Yeah. Like he's not fighting for anyone. Um, and on top of that, what I thought was real interesting is that the movie does not celebrate Joker. If anything, it takes the piss out of him a lot like he is never allowed to be like badass at yeah. any point like the the cops are talking to him and he he has he like gets the little last line and mm-hmm. flicks his cigarette away and kind of struts off and then yeah. walks into a glass door yeah, yeah. like there's things like that where it's constantly he's getting undermined yeah. and like he's he's pathetic yeah yeah, and also, you know, people are like, "Are we gonna really empathize with the Joker here? Are we really gonna are we gonna empathize empathize with this guy who's gonna be this you know this terrible terrible character? This is a dangerous." It's like, no, it's not. This is how characters are made, and this is how the Joker's always been portrayed. The Joker, even though we see him in full fledged Joker form in Dark the Dark Knight, 
if we went back to like any one of those stories he told, they would be heart like probably heartbreaking and very hard to watch because one story he says is he stands up for his mom from his drunk dad and his drunk dad carves his face open. That would be tragic. That would be terrible. You'd probably have empathy for a young Joker there because he's getting his face carved. The second, his wife gets his face car- her face carved open and he puts blades in his mouth to try and like make her feel better about herself and then she leaves him type of thing. It's like, these characters are always going to be born from a place of empathy just because, like you said, Danner, it's basic humanity. Like, you're going to feel bad for people. Of course, they turn into horrible, horrible people at some point, and, you know, you don't feel bad for them anymore, and that's just the way it is. Like, I'm sure if I saw... Like, I'm sure if Donald Trump was, like, in junior high and he got bullied and he was seemingly a nice enough guy and he was getting bullied and shoved into lockers, I would feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him anymore. I'm certainly not rooting for him. The guy's a dick. So it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, it, it things it, that's just humanity. That's like, You aren't just born an evil person, and I think that's what the Joker was doing. It was, as, you know, Josh Brolin and his analysis of this, he's like, it's just lifting the rug up of what society can do to someone. And like, if you find it unpleasant to look at, don't go see the movie, but also, you know, the movie's trusting you to have a basic instinct of what's right and wrong. And you should know what not to, you know, talk, what not to root for and what to, I guess. Um, so yeah, so the, the movie kind of spirals on, uh, Joker really becoming his true self and various events happen. Uh, I thought one of the more compelling ones was Arthur finding out that he's adopted after showing up at uh, Wayne Manor and uh, meeting a very young Bruce Wayne as he comes off his playset um, and over to the gate to meet Arthur at the gate because Arthur's going there to confront Thomas Wayne, who his mom has told him is his dad. Of course, Thomas isn't there, Bruce is, and he entertains Bruce for a little bit. And and uh, has a, a very strange moment with him as that happens. And then Alfred comes over, which I did not expect to see Alfred in this. That I'm was Alfred? Honest. That was probably, I mean, it's a butler. That was just a I, bodyguard. It's a, no, it was a butler. Wayne Manor, of course it's a butler. He, he was in a tuxedo. It was like our uh, butler suit. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, so that has to have been Alfred. Alfred. And yeah. uh, Alfred comes over and tells him, like, you, you were never that you were adopted and you were never like Thomas was never in love with your mom and he never had anything to do with her. She was crazy. And that sends the Joker off in another spiraling, uh, down, uh, downward spiral, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Any, uh, so, so that was a big, that was a big, you know, reveal too. I thought for a second that they were going to go with Thomas being his dad. I mean, yeah, it's <clears throat> still ambiguous enough, but, no, actually, hold on. No, I'm thinking about it, remembering more things. That was uh, definitely interesting when they introduced that idea. I was like, oh, that's a weird spin on the character. Mm-hmm. I don't like trying to make people related, but I do like the 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 little the double reverse twist they pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did too, because I mean, at that point, it really establishes, you know the whole thought what's real and what's not like, did that really happen or was this just a lie the entire time? Just kind of little things like that where you believe one thing and then the next thing it's not true. Yeah. So that was one tick in the box to, to make Arthur really on his way to Joker. Another is he lost his job, which was another sad part. You know, he's in the, he, which is also funny though. 
you know, his clown buddy tells him to start carrying a gun after he got his ass beat. So he starts carrying a gun. He goes to a hospital full of children doing the... Oh, do, he drops the and gun. And then he drops yeah. the gun. And I thought Joaquin played that masterfully. Yeah. He looks so surprised. Just picks and it up the and way just kind of like freezes. That was <laughs> so funny. He, tell, he, puts a, yeah, he, like, looks a girl he puts like in a very clown way, puts a like a quiet, this, be quiet, like finger over his mouth. He's like, this is our little secret as like a big ass handgun clattered down on the ground. That was really fun. That was like one of the only parts of the movie where you get some levity, maybe a laugh, but right after he gets fired by the clown guy and, uh, and come to find out that the guy who gave him the gun ratted him out saying that he was trying to buy a gun from him because he didn't want to get in trouble. So he sold out, sold out, uh, old Arthur and Arthur, uh, didn't get a, didn't get, you know, a chance to explain something. He just gets fired. And it was sad because he's like, I love this job. And like that, if there was anything in the entire movie that looked like Arthur was happy doing, it was being a clown. Like that seems like something he enjoyed doing, putting on that mask, being something else. Yeah. It's interesting that the guy just gave him a gun. I don't know. Maybe Gotham's that shitty that guns are just easy to come by. Oh, I'm sure the guy didn't care giving one away, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Here, just take this hand right now. I found this on the street walking into work. That's yours. Um, Another tick off the box is that, you know, Arthur goes to see a therapist to get his medications and to kind of talk about his issues. That was a very tense moment when she tells mm-hmm. him that like you cannot we we can't see you anymore. The the city's cut funding. So like and again, Gotham is a character there. It, they've cut funding. And that's another thing like of uh, mental health funding is not something you want to just like not have in Gotham. And so it's like you could tell the chaos is building more and more and Joaquin now has no way to get his medication. Joaquin Arthur has no way of getting his medication and he has no one to talk to about his like journal and stuff like that or what he's feeling. Um, you know, he has that great, you know, moments like where you just, you don't listen to me. Do you, you just like ask me the same three questions and, and nothing. Yeah. And it's a sad moment too. You're losing, I mean, even then losing that was a big, a big did, for him. Did he kill the therapist? No, he did at the, the end, end of the movie. Yes, the end of the movie. Yes, not the not the the one in there. No, he did. Yeah, I think so because there's blood on the yeah, bottom blood of the on shoes. The shoes. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering why there's okay. I completely yeah. Missed at that first, part. I just saw the red footprints. I was I'm like, like, that's what? sort of an interesting visual gag they're doing. And then yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he killed that. It's person. blood. Yeah, he killed her. <laughs> yeah, because um, I read that he did. I'm like, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah. That makes sense. And then probably the final straw for me what was like the biggest twist. Like I can't honestly, in hindsight, I can't believe I didn't see it coming. But the movie did a great job of selling it. Zazie Beats character, uh, what's her name again? Sophie. Sophie. Sophie has no idea who Arthur is. In the entire movie, we see Sophie interact with him in the elevator, then interact with him after she finds out he's following him, her, then her showing up at his comedy show. Then her showing to console him when his mother's in the hospital. And we see all these scenes with her. And you're kind of wondering the entire time, why is she into him? But I guess this is where the story's going. And, dude, that part was incredible yeah. for me. See? When she was just like, what are you doing oh my here? God. It's when, Arthur, when, right? When she, when she walked in, he goes, oh, my God, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, she seemed kind of hostile for you know being this guy's girlfriend. And she's like, you must be in the wrong apartment. I'm like, uh-oh. Your name's Arthur, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, this is all in his head. And I, I was like, that, I was like, holy shit. I did not see that coming at all. 
See, that's the one aspect of the film that I did not care for. Really? Um, Because A, I didn't like the flashbacks where it's like, remember when he was with her here? She wasn't there. Remember this other time it was with her? She wasn't there either. It's That felt like Todd Phillips not trusting the audience. Yeah. So, Um, And I also wish like something more would have just happened as a result of that. Because he'd already kind of snapped at that point. Yeah. But then he just kind of walks out and that's that. Yeah, I think they, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like that would have been, I don't know, maybe in like there's another script or an outtake where he does actually kill Zazie Beat's character there. I But I, I feel like that was done as just, a, I don't know. I'm not saying that necessarily. I think just structurally, I don't know. This is arrogant of me to say, but the way I would have done it, as if like you know they have more sort of incidental interactions throughout the movie and then like where it's nothing really serious like you can clearly see that like she's not feeling it or whatever is just being nice like maybe he's talking to co-workers or his mom and starts referring to having a girlfriend more and more and he's saying all these things that you don't actually see and then she rejects him and then he finds out the truth about his well, mom and all those things built to did, him freaking she, out. Well, he did tell his mom that he had a big date. True, but I, unless I'm misremembering, the whole she's not really his girlfriend reveal came after he finds out about his mom and does what he does. And then at that point, it's like it doesn't add to anything. That could have come before yeah. and fed into sure. it more. Sure. I mean, I, I, I still, I still really... I still really liked it. I do agree. I wish he wouldn't have done the flashbacks because I knew that that was all in his head right when she said... Because it was set up earlier in the movie when... Sorry. When he's watching the Murray Franklin episode and then he imagines this whole scenario and then it cuts back and he's just on his bed with his mom. Exactly. That's all all you need if you're paying attention, but... So when he... So he goes to the apartment after the incident, right? In the hospital. I think what it does is it solidifies the fact that his mom was completely misremembering everything and making up stories, and he gets mad at her for that, and then he does what he does, but then at that point we realize he's just the same. He was doing the exact same thing, so what he did wasn't right yeah. because he got mad at her for something he yeah. was doing himself and it yeah. just kind of shows you how lost he is yeah. so i i like how todd I mean, phillips approached yeah. it i mean he obviously forgot his trauma sure. because yeah, i mean okay. in, the, in the notes he was literally like tied to a a radiator and beaten and stuff like that as a kid which brought him into who he is but he obviously forgot like he's missed like forgotten that trauma because he still take care of his mom so yeah i think that's that's a good point that it's kind of like he's doing the exact same thing his mom's doing he's a care he's yeah. a he's a product and he just doesn't realize it yeah and yeah. like him killing his mom there, that was like super, super intense. But also a great like you know this that great line like you know the whole time I thought it was a tragedy. I've learned it's a fucking. Comedy. You know what would have been better? Watching that scene without someone laughing. Oh my god, dude! There was people in the theater laughing as his mom was getting choked. Yeah, out. that was infuriating. I was dude, dude, blood boiling. Another, another, this is the second one I want to hear Jordan's thoughts on because I just want to hear about just general maintenance in a, in a theater and how, how something like that like is usually taken care of. All I know is 
that was a bad moment for me. Uh, <laughs> that was not a good time. Um, but yeah, so then uh, this is when uh, Joker goes to the apartment, starts putting on the old Joker makeup. I believe he has the green in his hair when his clown buddies show up at the apartment and we see a uh, very uh, brutal death scene here, which I, I, I guess this is the scene that people were saying like was extremely brutal. Because like See, everyone was saying it was so violent. Thing. People talk about like okay, this might be part of a conversation we come back to. But the American critical response to this film is so strange to yeah, me. It is. It is. It's so strange. They're so hostile towards this movie. I know, man. Which makes no sense. And like a lot of a lot of people are like, oh, Todd Phillips is just trying to juvenilely shock us with extreme violence it's like a not even a or b it's just it's not that fucking violent it's not that like yeah there's blood there's millions of worse movies out there like john wick there's yeah there was yeah there there was one way john wick three he slowly stabs a guy in the eye yeah I'm like, there's nothing like that yeah. in Joker. Yeah. Like, the, fuck off. The, like, this. Is... Well, a guy does get stabbed in the eye in Joker. But I mean, it's not like <laughs> the guy he kills. Long and drawn out. Right, right. Like, no, no, I, I agree. I, when I left, I was like, what the fuck were people talking about? Yeah. Like, what was so violent about that movie? Like, it was yeah. like an old west movie. Like, people get shot, and that was that. It's like, what is going on? Why are people acting like this is just a horrific yeah. death fest? Yeah, of and just I mean <clears throat> brutality. I will say, like with the deaths in this one, they're a lot more like astonishing. Where you're just like, holy shit! Yeah, they definitely hit. In other like, movies, it's this, right. oh fuck! But, but that like goes to how well the story it is. Yeah. where they can make yeah. or leave that reaction on to the yeah. audience. I, so. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get that. But that scene in the apartment though is like when he's really fully like becoming the joker he's off his meds he's accepting who he is he's putting that face paint on those people come in and i don't really know what happens because i was just coming back from my like you know having to ask uh trying to get security in there to get those people kicked out but uh just like one thing i loved even though again he's killing this guy but he's like doing it in a very joker way where you know the thing about the joker is he's very thin and fragile that's like the very thin and not bulky at all in like every comic book iteration but he's got like this brute strength and rage and that's like how he kills this guy like he just destroys this dude with just absolute like un, like out of nowhere brute strength that he has stemming from this rage that he has deep it also inside. helps that he has a pair of scissors that he yeah that, that helps too stabbed him in the and neck he, and with. it was i mean it was violent that that was a violent scene um but it definitely like oh shit he is he is long gone but like with the 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 little person mm-hmm. that he like reaches for as a joke and then like freaks that guy out and and he's just like hey you're the only person who's ever nice to me and unlocks the door and lets him out which by the way that was terrible like that guy reaching, oh where he's trying, trying to, leave, to reach the lock and he can't leave and he can't because he can't reach it and i'm like <clears throat> oh my god i really hope he doesn't kill this guy well yeah so he goes over unlocks the door and opens it for him but then like closes it again to say one more thing yeah. it's like just the tension in that scene oh, was yeah god. yeah yeah horrible it was oh god it was so so horrible and but it obviously not the brute killing part but it reminded me like some mark hamill's joker would do like kill a character with like a gun off screen or something and then like and then like someone terrified of him joker kind of playfully lets him go type of thing like you're the only person who's ever nice to me you can go and i just like 
It was awesome. So we get to that scene of him leaving the apartment, full Joker suit on, full makeup on, and rock and roll part two. That, for me, I I just love that scene. I loved the music choice. I thought it was so weird and bizarre, but it was so perfectly Joker to me. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like it was so out of place, but so in place because of that. And it just seemed so, like, that's how I imagine the Joker every time he, like, leaves for the day. He's like, I'm going to go do some horrible shit. And he's like, and he has, like, this just, he's always, like, in this pumped up, like, way about him. And I, I loved it. It was a good scene. Um, the song choice is still just weird to me. Even if you take out the Gary Glitter factor, like if he wasn't who he was, it's just that you saw so many clips of this in the trailers leading up to it. And like, so is, you know, you're expecting it to be this big grand moment in the movie, which it, it was, but it's nothing else in the soundtrack sounds like rock and roll part two. I know. So the yeah. song just feels so fucking out of nowhere. But I think it, I, I think it provides this. And I thought it would be more like a sweeping, like beautiful, like kind of string arrangement See, or something. I just think but... I, I just think it provides an incredible contrast between the two characters, Arthur and Joker. That's like what it was to me. It's like this is Arthur. He's sad. He's wearing muted tone colors. He doesn't. He's he's very just like dreary and down on himself. And this is Joker, bright colors. Fully, like fully confident in himself, and this is what's going on in Joker's world, and it's this rock and roll part two type of music. Like I, this is like, you know, that I I just thought it was a perfect contrast, and it cuts into the film like a knife, and it just it's very strange, but I I just I loved it, and then he starts dancing down those stairs that he used to hate crawling up, and then you're like. He's a completely different person. Off his medication, the mask is gone, and the mask that was underneath all the time was the one he was like, you know, a, he is this clown. Um, this the next scene though, and as as the police officers come to question him, and he starts running from him, that's when I see like the. It, it might be I might be a bit of a reach, but isn't this kind of where you think you might start seeing the master criminal Joker come to come to play he gets on that train and he's so quick-witted and smart he grabs a mask off a guy shoves him to start a fight puts that mask back on yeah turns around and fades in I'm like that is like that's smart and that's like I don't know like maybe again it's a reach but I'm like this is what like this is how the Joker's brain works. He's always kind of like, he's insane, but he's got like this one step ahead of you type of mentality where he's able to plot things out fully. And I just, I love that. And it was crazy. He starts this riot. The cops, I believe, are probably presumed to be killed by all these Jokers. No, they say they're, they're in critical condition. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They do. They do it's say critical, that. critical, but no, I thought it was, well, they said stable, uh, but. Critical. I, be, I remember hearing that. No, they put out the, they put out the movie and everyone's like, oh my God, this is. And this is going to incite violence and everything. And now they're in post. Like, say the cops are all right for us. <laughs> and so they like put that. Two cops are okay. They're they're perfectly fine and back home with their families. They definitely did not die. No. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense though. That's right. But we get to the big climactic finish. He arrives on the Murray show. Murray, 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 obviously Murray played that show uh, that that Arthur saw in the hospital where he's basically making fun of Arthur's stand up comedy show that we originally thought Zazie Beats character came to. Um, and he gets invited on the show and to be made fun of, essentially. 
And this is like, we see just Joker chilling back there. You know, when you bring me on, can you introduce me as Joker? And, uh, you know, Murray seems to be, you know, playing along with him nice. Like, hey, you know, you got spunk. And then he brings him on and Joker's like dancing as the curtains get drawn back. And this incredible tension just yeah. starts. We skipped the, the bathroom scene too. What bathroom scene? After he Oh, after train. he kills the first people oh, he yeah, kills yeah, and yeah. he runs away and he's all freaked out, but then he gets in the bathroom and it's quiet and he just starts dancing. Yeah. So oppo- yeah. supposedly that Great wasn't scene. written in the script. Yeah. So Yeah, I really I was, watched that. Yeah, so I sent Max this video. What was supposed to happen was he was supposed to go in there and immediately like throw up, start crying, and then talk to himself. But instead, he goes in there, locks it, and then just starts dancing. And you have that score kind of just drowning out everything else that's happening while he's just sitting there dancing. And I thought that was a really powerful scene. It was really it was good. good. And I love, I dude. You know, people were curious. Like, like I, people seem to be kind of well, not. I don't think this is a general opinion, but there are people who are out there who weren't sure how they felt. Like, why is he dancing a lot? I'm like, the Joker is a flamboyant guy. Like, he's a flamboyant out there dude, and that's just kind of what he does. So I love, like, the the incorporation of him doing a lot, a lot of dancing in this. Uh, it just kind of, as Todd Phillips said in an interview, he has, like, this music in him the Joker does inherently, and, like, that's just kind of who he is. And I, I, I love the choice to include so much of that. So I loved it at the end there, too, where, good. No, I was gonna say I loved it at the end there when they opened the curtains for him to walk on the Murray show, and yep. he's starting out. He comes out dancing and everything. Um, before that, too, I think one of the most important lines in the movie is you know there, Mark Maron's character is like I guess the producer of the show or mm-hmm. something, yeah. and him and Murray are going back and forth about like you know the Joker makeup or the clown makeup, and mm-hmm. like you know this is insensitive, like we can't do it, like right. They're like, why are you, are you trying to make a political statement? Oh, yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like, no, I don't believe in anything. I just thought it would help my act. And like, oh, again, God, that's, so good. that's, I think, digging at sort of the modern, like, shitty internet culture that has Joker as like sort of their mascot yeah, is yeah. that he's not a hero for anyone. No. He doesn't care about anyone. Yeah, yeah. He just wants the positive attention. Like at the end with the yeah. riots and everyone's cheering him and he's like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't care that they're there or what they're fighting at the end, for. He just wants attention for himself. Yeah. It's, it's all about yeah. him and his image. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, that's a really great point. But I, I like, I love that. Like, I don't know. I don't believe in anything. I'm like, and you know what's great? That's that's again, it's so like good. That's a good Joker moment because he has all those people, you know, like you just said, like writing for him and praising him, and he necessarily... doesn't give a shit about anything they believe in. Like they think they're doing this to write against the upper class and everything, and he doesn't care. Right. And I love it. He doesn't care at all. He's like, fine, worship me. He's like, he's he's like, you guys are all idiots. And it's like you're you're worshiping me, and I don't care about anything you do, and I would kill any of you in an innocent. But it just it it yeah that was that was great. But going back to that too, like at the Murray show, like you brought up how he's like pronouncing Murray like really Murray, and also in that scene where he killed those the guy the clown guy and he starts impersonating the the, the small guy with the British accent yeah. and he's like, can you believe it? Me on the telly and he yeah. does that. I'm like, oh, they're like it just dude it just total Joker moment. <laughs> 
Max has goosebumps. Total right gamer, mo- total pro, joker, pro joker moment. moment. Yeah, yeah. It was. No, uh, we don't want any gamer moments on the podcast. That's uh, a total gamer. <laughs> yeah, but no heated gamer moments yeah. here. Uh, but yeah, man. So we go on the Murray show, and then that intense scene happens. You know, he's talking with Murray. And uh, what do you guys think of that scene as a whole? Like, I love the part where he kissed that that older lady. I'm like, oh he's yeah. Going well, and all again, out. yeah. Again, you know, just a further point about how this movie does not glorify Joker in any way. Yeah. He doesn't help that woman getting accosted on the subway and then later sexually assaults a woman on live TV. Like, he's not good in any way. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm I'm curious. Do you think they were like going for that to be like sexual assault on the, I mean, on the TV? I mean, it is what, what it is. is. It is what it is. It like for me, it just came off like one of those old fashioned things. Well, yeah, I'm sure he so. saw it as like sort of like a Looney Tune kind yeah, of yeah, Bugs that, Bunny yeah. sort of thing. But I mean, you could tell the woman's immediately uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah not liking it. Yeah, and like, yeah. um, oh man, I'm just like thinking of like. But in hey, part of his hypocrisy is you know he talks about sort of. You know, the men in power don't give a shit about him, but, like, he's still a man, and then that sort of culture gets away with doing this, with doing that to that woman in that moment. Yeah. Um, and just, so yeah. And just, like, the presence Joaquin was able to convey there, like, when he's sitting there in that, in that chair on that show, dude, you just, like, I don't know, you just felt, like, the the way he was just portraying the Joker then it just seemed like he was totally in control of everything right there he was like just in so like I don't know there was something powerful about his performance right there just him sitting there and just like totally relaxed nonchalant like and then completely just admitting that he killed those people on the train and and you know yeah and you know of course the tension builds and and uh, you know. <laughs> great line there and then he uh and then he kills murray on national television just shoots him right in the head and uh chaos ensues and he goes over to the camera and says remember that's like he does murray's line there he's like remember folks that's lie and then the camera cuts and i'm like oh that's it's good it's good but he gets carried away in the cop car right it's carried away in the cop car People are thinking that's a homage to Heath Ledger's joker i think it's just him in the backseat of a cop car yeah mm-hmm. uh and the riots are happening, and he gets sprung loose by the rioters who crash into that cop car he's in, drag him out, and put him down on top of this the hood of this car. And as this happens, we see Zorro, the gay blade, is playing in theaters. Which, by the way, I didn't notice like right at first. I was like, oh, Zorro, that's the movie that uh, that played when Batman's parents got killed. And I was like, oh shit, are we actually gonna see this right now? And then sure enough, they come trotting out of the theater. And I'm like. Oh no! And the Joker, the Joker, freaking incited Batman's uh, uh, See, parents' death. I, I, I don't, I don't think the riot was for Joker. I think it was just this boiling thing that was happening, and a lot of it was further fueled by the incident with the cops on the subway. I think people are just getting more and more mad. I don't think it was like a they're rallying behind joker necessarily even though they're wearing the clown stuff as like a symbol but like yeah i i didn't read it as those people were doing it 
because of joke. I don't, I don't know. I, I think not they for would. him, but like a reaction to. You know, I, I, I thought, see, I thought the opposite. I thought they were doing that as like, he's our idol. He's our hero. Well, they he's pulled the him out. Sure. He's the guy who's standing but, up for us. He's the guy who, who's, he's like, he's killing these elites and he's, he's the person who started this thing. We're out here fighting right now because of those three people who were killed and they deserve to die and he like that's what i was getting from that crowd by the way did you see in the crowd someone had a wicker chair did you know i wanted to lean over to you in the theater i'm like i started laughing because it was like this huge like scene is happening and the the soundtrack is the freaking score is just like rumbling and thunderous and he's standing on top of this car and you see the silhouettes of the riders and someone has a wicker chair above their head. It's a full on wicker chair. And I'm just like, that's the most ridiculous thing to bring to a riot. Where did you hey, get you want to go riot? Yeah, let me get the wicker. You were on a city. You were, it's like you're on a city street. You brought that from your apartment, didn't you? I got this. It just cracked me up. I was like, what in the hell is he doing? And then you get that iconic shot on top of the police car, Joker mask surrounding him, and he paints his face with the, with the freaking blood. And, yeah. and he, in that moment, officially is like the Joker. <sighs> and uh, next scene, he's in Arkham Asylum, chained up, talking to a, a therapist. And I love this scene. Last thing, he's just laughing to himself. She asks him, what's the joke? And he goes, you wouldn't get it. Or like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he goes, you wouldn't get it. Very under his breath. And he's just like, what are you thinking of, man? What are you What are you thinking of right now? And maybe he was thinking of like how he's going to kill that person because obviously he does. And then he runs away like a Looney Tune at the very end. Like he's, you know, dodging in and out of doors at the very end there. And it's like very Looney Tune, Scooby-Doo-esque. And that's the movie. And it's, it was, dude, I, I just like, from beginning to end, I was just like enthralled by it. I was captured by it at Joaquin's performance is incredible. Absolutely loved it. And it's dude, it's a total five out of five for me. Uh, Cause this week we're doing five star scale. So uh five out of five for me. I think Isn't that what we always do. I think sometimes we've done out of yeah. 10, man. I was like, I just, I never stuck oh, to anything. Yeah. We should just stick do to it, five. Let's do it out of 20 this yeah. time. Nine, 19 and a half. Out of, I, I gave it a five out of five, dude. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I'm gonna. I really hope we get more. I really hope Joaquin returns this role. I mm-hmm. hope they come up. I hope they have something that's so good. It has to be good. And I believe. I, I believe I'm Joaquin fine with him having it being a one off. I am too. But I do want him to. Like, I. I also want to see him interact more and be like more the criminal boss that so, he becomes. I. I believe Todd Phillips originally kind of pitched these ideas. They're calling it like the DC like black which yeah. I think that's an imprint within the comics, but yeah. I guess bringing that to the movies. It actually became an imprint after he would have, he suggested that like three years ago. And like last year they introduced a comic oh. imprint called DC black, oh. black well, label. Yeah. Um, but the idea is more like sort of independently minded one off movies based off these characters. And I think Joker was kind of meant to be like a proof of concept for this obviously succeeded. Um, so I guess I haven't heard anything yet, but I wonder you, with you guys, like, what would you like to be the next DC movie kind of in this vein? So I heard that there is potential for a, I mean, God, there's so many like Superman, Red Sun, uh, maybe a Flashpoint Paradox type of thing. But I think that you would think that that should be an established universe. No, just right. That so, seems too big. So Red Sun, Superman Red Sun would be one, but I think someone brought this up and I would love to see something like this. Lex Luthor 
but President of the United States, Lex Luthor. That's a comic run where he becomes, he's a corrupt, obviously corrupt CEO, and uh, but he becomes the President of the United States. And it's super interesting to see, like, how like how that works how that dynamic works i would i would love to see maybe a lex luther movie like that i'm not as familiar with the series so or, I don't know. or like you know dude this is something that you know I, I would love to see a movie this like batman gotham by gaslight type of thing but yeah 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 yeah. that would be dope but you know what i've always thought would be great uh, i think my my good buddy mckenna actually suggested this an american horror story batman type of show where every season, same actors and everything, but it's a totally different Batman story. Season one's a long Halloween. Season two's Gotham by Gaslight. Season three is uh, Court of Owls. And like they literally jump from different costumes and different time periods, and they just go from one to the other. I think that would be a great show. They'll never do it, but it would be that'd be badass. But yeah, like uh, Gotham by Gaslight would be a great black label. Him, Batman, you know, in that time period trying to find the... the uh, Jack the Ripper. That's just like that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Condiment King. Condiment King one. Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Tim, he doesn't have to be DC heroes. It could be just like a Marvel hero too. Would you want to see Marvel do something like that with a character? There's a Doctor uh, Doom movie apparently still kind of on the fringe of being in the works. I don't know. I mean, I can't really think of any Marvel heroes. I don't off know the top my of Marvel. My head. Vi- fuck. I don't know my DC villains that well. I just know Batman characters really. Yeah. I mean, you could do anything with Batman. Oh villains. fuck! What am I thinking of? Um, Scandal Savage. <laughs> yeah. Her... Scandal. Scandal Savage. Get her in uh, for. Uh... Man. That's from the live action movie debut. Oh yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, guys, that's our review of Joker. Uh, Tim, what do you give it out of five? Three out of five. No, you don't. Tanner, what do you give give it a five out of five? Tanner, what do you give it out of five? Well, I'm going back and forth here between like a four and a four and a half. Four point two five. Four point two five. All right. Awesome. All right, well, that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Max Leadham, at Max Fozzie. And uh, for my co-host, uh, Tim Reichmuth uh, here, Tim Trist, on Instagram and Letterboxd. That's me. And for my good buddy, Tanner Rush, at Danger Rush on Instagram and Letterboxd, go ahead and say bye to the people. Bye. And, of course, for our producer <laughs> slash seducer, now. Jordan Katzer, on the ones and twos over there. Whoa, whoa. Sigbiz7. There's Sig- background behind Sig this. Sig Biz 7. Back, back, background behind this and kind of filters in the movies. So you got Sig. Okay. And then my original WoW character was Sig Biznotch. So like Biznotch, bitch. <laughs> so what Sig is, it, it's silence is golden, which was typically played at the end of all, or be, before every movie that was played in an AMC mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. While I worked there. So yeah. that's kind of where that comes from. Awesome. Sig Biz 7. Jordan. You can follow him there. Mm -hmm. Again, guys, I'm your host, Max Liedem. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support. We hope you love this Joker review in this week's episode. Got another episode coming towards you next week. Might have another Force Vision, depending on what Star Wars news we get. Maybe uh, some trailer news coming soon, we hope. Uh, And we will see you all then. As always, you guys can follow us on Cinemaxic Pod on Instagram, Cinemaxic on Twitter, CinemaxicPod at gmail.com. And we will be hearing and seeing you then, and uh, you'll be hearing from us next week. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.